Welcome to Addiction Audio, the podcast from the journal Addiction. In this episode, I speak to Dr. Jana Kuzain from the University of Amsterdam in the Netherlands. Along with co-authors, Jana has recently written a piece for the journal's Clinical Issues online collection, a series of papers exploring the links between substance use disorders and the body. The collection is a kind of one-stop shop for clinicians looking for state-of-the-art definitive clinical reviews of a particular topic, with up-to-date information on what is known about harms, assessment and treatment. Dr. Kuzain's paper explores the evidence around cannabis use disorder and the brain. Excellent. Well, first of all, can I get you to briefly introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Jana Kuzain and I'm uh, both a scientist and teacher at the University of Amsterdam in the Netherlands. And I mainly study the development of addiction with a focus on cannabis addiction. And the reason we're talking today is because you're an author on a paper that's part of the clinical series that we've started recently in addiction. So can you tell us a little bit about your paper? What's it about? So for this paper, we reviewed the evidence for long-term consequences of cannabis use on the brain and discussed implications for clinicians. And shall I just start with summarizing the paper? Yeah, that would be perfect. Okay. So I guess despite the growing societal burden of cannabis use and dependence, the main conclusion is actually that the knowledge of the effects on the brain is still very limited, especially studies in individuals who are clinically diagnosed with a cannabis use disorder are missing. And if we look at cognitive functions, then most studies focus on learning and memory and less is known about other cognitive domains. And it seems that there are impairments in learning and memory. So those are common Uh, and the effects get more severe in heavier users. But the good news is that there is also some preliminary evidence for recovery after abstinence. There is also a very consistent association between cannabis use disorders and other psychiatric disorders, including mood disorders, anxiety, PTSD, psychosis and other substance use disorders. However, the underlying mechanisms and the question about causality remain unclear. If we look at treatment, then cannabis has become the primary reason for first-time treatment, entry across all illicit uh, drugs worldwide, with a 75% increase in Europe over the past 10 years. And there is a very high need for more effective treatments as abstinence after treatment is only achieved in a minority. But of course, this is comparable to other substance use disorders. Currently, psychosocial interventions targeted at reductions in use appear most successful and evidence for effective pharmacotherapy is still sparse. And I guess a general problem is that especially youth is hard to reach to motivate and to treat. A very important lesson is that the effects of cannabis use and dependence vary greatly from person to person. And this is something uh, clinicians, but also scientists could be more aware of. So age plays an important role and the impact of cannabis use on the brain is probably more severe in younger users. And I think this is especially alarming since the prevalence of use and addiction is highest in this age group. Also, the ratio of THC uh, to cannabidiol seems to influence the effect of cannabis use on the brain. However, there are only still limited or few studies that investigate this. And the severity of other mental health problems could play an important role. 
So we would really like to call on both clinicians and scientists to invest in collaboration and to invest in studies, especially investigating individuals with a diagnosed cannabis use disorder, because those studies are missing, but also to align assessments and terminology and to invest in uh, new and optimization of existing treatments. So that would kind of be your main message. <laughs> Fantastic. That's incredibly thorough. So my next question was going to be about clinicians and thinking about what are some of the challenges that clinicians face when working with people with cannabis use disorder or when trying to interpret the evidence around cannabis use? If we would compare it to other substance use disorders, we think the literature is still relatively vague because the terminology is quite inconsistent. So you have papers that discuss the effects of heavy cannabis use and they talk about people that have used a couple times during, their, during the last year. And we also have papers that discuss heavy use um, and that's more than daily use. So when reading the, the literature, it's very hard for, for clinicians, but also for scientists and for the general public even, to understand what sample the studies are talking about. Uh, I think that's a clear problem. Um, so that also makes it quite problematic to summarize different findings from different studies, right? So what is the evidence actually out there? And that's very much colored by the political debate still, which is black and white with people being either for or against cannabis use. And this colors and the societal debate, but also the scientific debate. So it's quite hard to know what the evidence is actually, also for scientists and for clinicians. I guess it's also a problem that there aren't that many uh, studies investigating effective treatment for cannabis use disorders. So we mostly rely on what we know from other disorders. And I think especially because the effect of cannabis varies so much from person to person and because a lot of other mental health problems are included, I think we sh should really invest in um, these individual differences. And that makes treatment for a clinician quite hard. And cannabis use disorders are most prevalent in young individuals. So, and they, they are very hard to motivate to get treated in first place, but also to keep them in treatment. And perhaps other mechanisms are important in young users relative to the more adult users or even elderly, of which we know little. There's some suggestion from some parts of the literature that receptors like CB1 and CB2 receptors in the brain are developing during adolescence and, and even into early adulthood, which potentially means the impact of cannabis use on the brain in adolescence and, and young adults could be more severe for that reason. Is that something that you looked at in the paper? Uh, that's not necessarily something we looked at uh, because there's still like maybe one or two papers about that and uh, comparisons between adolescents and adults are generally missing. So it's hard to say that if papers talk about uh, findings in adolescents, to what extent it really differs from the mechanisms in other age groups. And um, there's also still little known about the, the endocannabinoid system and how it functions and what role it plays in the development of cannabis use disorders. If we talk about cannabis use and 
addiction, then of course cannabis itself could have a consequence on brain function and behavior, but also the development of addictive uh, behaviors. So in one person, cannabis could have a negative consequence on brain and behavior, and there is little sign of dependence. Uh, but in another user, maybe there are little problems with memory or other cognitive domains, but there are clear signs of the development of already uh, habitual use and craving and uh, withdrawal symptoms even. Another thing that you mentioned earlier on is the impact of different cannabinoids within cannabis. So ratios of between THC and CBD, for example. Is there that much research on that at the moment? Research is still limited and there are some initial suggestions, but I really want to be careful making any statements about this. That's higher uh, CBD ratios in cannabis would protect against any negative consequences of THC. So this is a very strong claim and I don't think there is enough evidence yet. But if you look at the literature so far, then there are some suggestions in that direction, really warranting uh, further studies. And I guess maybe uh, another problem, if we really want to get a grip on the effects of cannabis, then we also need to know what people have been using, right? And this is a clear problem right now because we have very poor knowledge about the actual use history of people. So there is no standard unit like there is with alcohol. The modes of administration vary greatly from person to person, from country to country. Uh, The cannabis itself varies greatly from person to person, from country to country, and even within the same plants, there is high variability of the CBD and THC contents. And uh, the reliability of objective measures to to get a grip on, uh, to measure history, is also really poor. So measures like hair analysis uh, are still problematic, which could perhaps give us a glimpse of cannabis use over the past three months, but the consistency in the results is still poor. Um, And in legal cannabis markets, the labeling also isn't optimal. So it's, it's hard to know what people have actually been using, and that makes it hard to make claims about THC versus CBD, but also the effects of, of cannabis use in general. So who do you hope will read your paper Oh, of course, I wish everyone would read it. No, Um, I guess it's really targeted at clinicians. Um, But of course, I hope that perhaps some users interested in uh, the effects of cannabis on the brain also find the paper very accessible to read. And for scientists, it is a good summary of what we know so far about the short term and long term effects of uh, cannabis use on different cognitive outcomes. And then for the people who do read your paper, what are the the real key take-home messages that you want people to take away from it? That currently the evidence base is poor. That would be my main message. So I would really hope that the future brings more research. And if you are a user, then users should be aware of individual differences, your own problems or your own Experiences with cannabis do not generalize to other people's experiences with cannabis use. Yeah, it's really a stupid message, right? That, uh, okay, the evidence isn't strong enough, but 
you want to be really careful with making any claims about long-term or short-term consequences if the evidence is poor, right? Yeah, I mean, that makes sense to me. Yeah, exactly. So it's quite disappointing, actually. I've been studying cannabis for since 2008. And in the beginning, I was super optimistic, like in 10 years, we know a lot more. But I keep on repeating the same message. And that's first like, yeah, cannabis addiction can be really problematic for some. So we should take it really serious. We should do more research, especially in this group and not like uh, generalize across all heavy users because they have different problems that should be taken into taken into account. And we should invest in objective measures of getting a grip on actual exposure. And 10 years later, we're still at the same point. So what do you think needs to happen now? So it's collaboration between scientists in aligning methods of cannabis assessments. And I know this is already uh, happening right now. So hopefully in a couple of uh, years, more and more researchers would use the same terminology, also more objective terminology. Uh, so instead of calling it a heavy user, call it like a near daily user or a weekly user when you study cannabis. Also, what needs to happen is really more clinical studies and clinical trials uh, investigating uh, novel treatment options. But this is the case, I guess, for all substance use disorders, right? Because we still have uh, suboptimal results in general. And I think we should really invest in uh, individual studying individual differences and the role of age. So what makes a young user different from a from an adult and also from elderly coping with a cannabis use disorder. And less studies about, so there's still a lot of studies that compare ever to never users. And I don't really find those informative at this stage. I liked what you said at the beginning as well, that researchers and clinicians should be collaborating together to try and really improve the quality and the um, applicability of the research that's being done. Yeah, exactly. So let's let's dream on, right? <laughs> well, that seems like a great place to wrap it up. So um, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. And there we are. Thanks to Jana for taking the time to speak to me. And do go to the journal website to find more of these clinical reviews, including on topics such as alcohol use disorders and outcomes on areas such as the liver, the brain, the heart and during pregnancy psychostimulants in the brain and cannabis use disorder in the lungs with further reviews to follow. Thanks for listening and see you next time.